0: Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have you feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. You can live freed up and not fed up. Well, listen, I just want to check in with you. We're still in our release party all year long. What are you letting go of? What's dropping in your own life that you want to celebrate for yourselves? I hope you're keeping track of all those things that you're letting go so that you can live your best life and live more freed up. Well, guess what, y'all? Today, I'm super excited because we are kicking off our men's series on men's mental health. My guest today is Bon Eaglin. Bon is an LPC, a licensed professional counselor. He's a PhD candidate. He's got extensive experience working with men in therapy, with adolescents. He is an expert in relationship work. He works with couples. He's done a little bit of everything. He's going to talk a little bit about some of the main issues that men present within therapy. So listen in to the first part of our conversation with Vaughn and the kickoff episode to our series on men's mental health. Uh, Super excited, Freed Up family, to have... Von Eaglin here with us. He's going to tell you a little bit about himself, but this is our first episode kicking off our series on men's mental health. So I told y'all last year that this was going to be a topic we were going to cover, and I wanted to make sure we kept our promise to you. One of the reasons why we wanted to kick the series off is because our audience has expanded. We started off with mostly women listeners, and then we started getting questions for women about the men in their lives, their sons, their nephews, um, husbands, significant others. And so We wanted to start this series. It's going to run from April to June. And kicking us off today is someone who I have deep respect for. I've watched their um, practice from afar, made referrals to them over time. And so I'm super excited to introduce him to you all. Again, this is Von Eaglin. I'm going to let Von tell you a little bit about his practice, um, his background, what he's working on. He's working on his doctorate. And so just can't get enough information to really serve the community, um, particularly by way of mental health. So, Vaughn, talk to us about you and what your um, specializations are in the therapeutic world. Just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, Tina, I want to first say uh, thank you for having me on the show. It it is it's a privilege and an honor to be on the show with you. So um, but just so you know, my uh, so my name is Vaughn Eaglin and I am a mental health counselor. So I have, I work in a private practice. It is a group based practice. It's in North Dallas and I've been doing therapy for about 15 years now. So I am uh, ABD, all but my dissertation, pretty much. And I need to finish up that Ph.D. Uh, my specializations are I do a lot of relationship counseling. Uh, I also work extensively with men, of course, uh, adolescents and anger management. But really, I've seen, I don't want to say just about everything across the board, but I've, you know, I've treated a lot of different conditions that have walked in my office from everything from grief counseling, addictions, OCD, I mean, bipolar disorder, I mean, mood disorders like narcissism and borderline personality disorder. I sometimes see a lot of that nowadays, Um, but I've just seen just about anything across the board. Um, I also do play therapy every now and then with kids. I don't call myself a play therapist, but, you know, I have experience with it. And um, so I do a lot in terms of like helping parents understand kids. And I also teach every now and then at SMU, which is Southern Methodist University and then UNT. Uh, the last class I taught at SMU was called Child Psychopathology. It's pretty much how to diagnose and assess kids. Mm-hmm. And so um, but, yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of my clientele, I would say about a third of it uh, are single men or individual men that come into my office.
0: Yeah. Well, wow. So Vaughn, I was getting tired just listening to all of the things that you're doing. And I know that you, um, recently become a daddy. How is that going <laughs> <laughs>
1: to a little man? Yeah. Yeah. So no, he's, uh, he's great. You know. so, uh, we kind of did it the long way. My wife and I—we've been married 16 years, and she had a full career as a professional dancer, traveling the world and touring. And then uh, we decided to go ahead and work on some kids. I don't know if we're going to have a second one because I'm—I uh, just made 40, and I got a nine-month-old. So we're going to see how that works out. Uh, but people live pretty old in my family. My grandma, she's 103 years old right now. So I think I got a pretty good shot of uh, yeah <laughs> making
0: it go. Wow.
1: So, yeah, um, and
0: uh Katrisha, yeah. your wife, is just a doll. She's such a sweet one. So you 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 picked well. And uh and y'all waited. Y'all waited <laughs> uh, yes, and that's we cool. Did. We did, we did. We <laughs> Good did. Time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's no secret that I married above my head. So I uh <laughs> You know, I, I take full advantage of, of the fact that my wife, she's a beautiful on the inside and outside, and I, hey, you know, I really do love her and care for her. But yeah, my little man, he, uh, he has a her, his name is actually a combination of, of both of our names. So my first name is Benlin, and her first name is Patricia. So out of Patricia and Benlin, we got Kenlin, and so we're just going to try to make that a tradition. Though, so.
0: yeah, love it, love it. Oh man, uh, the pictures of him are amazing. Of course, Up family can't see any of that, but just take my word for it, Up fam he is such a complete doll. So, um so let's talk men and let's talk mental health Vaughn. Super excited again just to have you share because it's different coming from a man mm-hmm. about men's issues clearly. And so I wanted to make sure that I really had a lot of testosterone on the <laughs> podcast during this time frame. Okay. But what I've been seeing a lot of, I've been, you know, in psychotherapy magazines and mm-hmm. seeing a lot of blog posts lots of stuff coming out now about men's mental health. And Mm -hmm. so I've been wondering what do you think is spurring that on? Because there are lots of focused on mental health issues, lots of populations that are having challenges with this. So why men's mental health? Why do you think that's happening? And, And how do we keep a spotlight on it?
1: Yeah. Well, personally, I think the stigma is decreasing some, um, you know, like whenever I see, uh, people who are traditionally what you consider to be like in a masculine sport, like football or basketball, you see them coming out and you say, hey, you know what? I've had some mental health issues. I've been seeing a counselor. I see more of that. Like, for instance, like Kevin Love, you know, right after, you know, in the middle of him, you know, making a championship run, he's talking about, hey, I've had mental health issues. You see actors coming out and saying that I have mental health issues. So you see the stigma coming down. And I think that's necessary because men, um, by and large, are a population that, mm, you know, the question is, one, should... Should therapists change the way we do therapy to, you know, to counsel men or should men change to come into therapy? So it's like a chicken and egg question. Mm -hmm. But it's a population that needs to help, it probably needs help the most um, because men, many times we suffer in silence and we deal with issues in isolation. So we don't talk about it Uh, and we're not socializing and talking about it. And so um, it's just something that's necessary. Um, But I like that the stigma is coming down and I like that more men are coming into therapy.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, when you mentioned um, the athletes and how they're helping to really bring that stigma down, I think there's still this education process that's needed because mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember when Dak Prescott came out and talked about yeah. some of his mental health challenges yeah, yeah, and yeah. how the media responded to that. Mm-hmm. And that was, it just blew me away. I thought, man, we've got work to do. So, So yeah. how do we do more of this education for for the public about it? How do we Mm -hmm. keep bringing that stigma down?
1: Well, I think that, you know, as more people begin to talk about it, then it starts to normalize because many times, especially with an athlete, you see them, you know, they're the pinnacle of what we would deem to be like uh, alpha maleism, if you can call it that, um, especially with football, you know, because when guys, I like to say this, that, you know, that the way we're socialized into what we consider to be, you know, masculinity, usually three things. The first thing is athleticism. You know, the kid who's the best athlete gets moved to the front of the class. If they can hit the hanging curveball if they can, you know, run a football or whatever the case is, if they can jump really high, they get moved to the front of the class. Many times they may not even study or even learn how to read before they go to college sometimes, because, you know, like, that is what we as guys want to aspire to in terms of masculinity. The second thing I would definitely say would be, um, you know, economic success. And then the more things Mm -hmm. you have, um, you know, the more you know resources I have, then that makes you into a a bigger man. But then the third thing I typically say is sexual conquest. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the more notches you have on your belt, the more of a man you are. So you see guys that, you you know, that you would consider to be like, okay, you know, you're a professional athlete, you have all this money, yet and still you're saying that I need help. You know what? I'm I'm, not that I'm necessarily weak, but there are things that I have to work on in my life that also enable me to play football better, play basketball better. And, you know, because there are people, too. And so uh, I'm glad that, again, the stigma is coming down. I'm glad that we're talking about it more. Is it something, like I said, that's very necessary for men to deal with? Because, uh, you know, guys, I mean, we influence the home in a different way than women do.
0: Mm, Yeah, for real, for real. So when you think about some of these issues and challenges, and you spoke to some of that with athletes, Mm -hmm. but just thinking broadly, what are some of the mental health issues that seem to be prevalent that show up in your practice? So if you could say these are themes when men present to me, this is generally going to be something that they're concerned with.
1: Well, I would say that depression is number one. I uh, would probably mm-hmm. say anger management and um, what I would like to call emotional dismissiveness because that affects a lot of relationships. So let's just kind of talk about depression um, just in general. So when you talk about men, men tend to externalize their depression, whereas women internalize a little bit. more. Well, I'll say it like this. If you see a guy, if I see a guy that comes into my office, what I may see is him being extremely irritable. I may see him engaging in womanizing. I may mm-hmm. see him engaging in like becoming a workaholic or turning to some type of substance abuse or um, something to, of that nature, or even some kind of distraction technique. But the whole time he's actually depressed. But mm-hmm. when you see him externalizing these behaviors in order to not feel uh, weak or vulnerable or, you, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, and so, absolutely. Yeah, And so, um, so the, the depression that they come in, you'll see the guy come in and he looks really angry, but all in all, he's actually depressed. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, if, since, since it presents differently, we have to look at it. You have to look at the underlying issues that, um, uh, in terms of like why the man is coming into counseling. Um, in fact, I would like to say this, that, uh, usually I say that there are three things that men come into counseling for. Um, the first thing is typically a woman in their life has influenced them to come. So. Let's say it's a a wife. Hey, you know what? Something's wrong with you. You need to go get counseling. And Mm so it could be a sister. Sometimes it's a mother. It could be a a daughter. Whatever the case is, some woman in their life has influenced them to come in and try to share their emotions. Um, And that's not something, again, that we're socialized into doing. so the second reason that men usually come in is because, you know, they've had experience with it in the past. Let's say their dad was an alcoholic and they went to Al-Anon. So it's not something like the stick is is normalized to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. The third reason is typically like this is the Hail Mary, it's the long bomb, the the whatever's hit the fan. I don't have anywhere else to turn. Now I need to go seek help. And sometimes that's not always the best thing when you hit rock bottom before you go seek help. But a lot of times that's when I see guys that come into therapy because, you know, one of those three things. Now, every now and then I have a guy come in who's just trying to self-actualize or become the best can be uh but that's typically pretty rare to be honest
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: hey i'm working on myself man you know i mean every now and then but you know that's that's like one out of ten maybe but you know usually it's like hey you know what uh my wife thinks i should probably come in and talk to somebody because we've been having issues or something like that so But getting back to those other points, like we talked about depression, then anger, I do a lot with anger management. Anger is actually a mixed emotion. Um, The way the brain is wired, you can't feel Mm -hmm. one pure emotion at a time. Many therapists call it a a secondary emotion because when you get angry, you know, um, there are other emotions that come along with it or sometimes even precede it. For instance, I feel hurt or I feel lonely or I feel confused or I feel uh, misunderstood or I feel betrayed or I feel uh, embarrassed about something. The biggest one, you know, or some of the big ones definitely fear. I'm scared of something happening or not happening. And and then definitely the biggest one is powerlessness because Mm -hmm. the way we are as people is that we like to feel like we have some, you know, some measure of control in our life. And so whenever we feel a degree of powerlessness, we want to try to get that control back. And so you'll see uh, people get angry because anger typically that, you know, I teach this to even kids that there's a payoff associated whenever you get angry. It's like, anytime you get angry is because you want something to happen or something didn't go your way. That's the only reason you get angry because if you got everything you want, you didn't have a reason to get angry. Right, and so right. um, my son, he's nine months old, you know, let's say if he's two years old and we're walking through, I don't know, Tom Thumb or Walmart or wherever we shop or target. And he throws a fit because he wants some certain toy or a certain brand of cereal or something like that. If he gets angry and I give in what I just set a precedent and now it, he knows every time I throw a fit. Dad, I got a good chance on getting what I want. So, um, so like I said, anger again is is there's a there's a goal associated whenever you get angry, um, and then uh, like I said, so number one, the, the I would say depression. The second one is anger. Then the third thing I would probably say is emotional dismissiveness. And this is mm-hmm. getting a little bit heady. Oh, okay, so mm-hmm. there's this term that we call meta emotions, and it's a big term, but all it means is your feelings about feelings. And so if we talk about meta communication, that's us communicating about communicating. Or metacognition is like thinking about what you're thinking about, like, hey, where did I get this thought? How did it come into my head? Should I keep it? Is it distorted? You know, is it true? You know, um, what's my belief system behind it? Different things like that. But when we talk about meta emotions, that's your feelings about feelings, Mm -hmm. because people are taught, different ways how to feel about certain emotions um let's say let's take the we talked about anger so let's go back there for a second um, let's say i have someone who gets angry and when they get angry they have a righteous indignation you know what i does you know everybody deserves to get cussed out around me you know someone else get a- gets angry and they may think oh man i shouldn't feel this way um or i feel guilty or i should be in better self-control of myself so again that's your feelings about feelings so when we talk about emotional dismissiveness in a sense Or that's a that's a part of meta emotions where you do not pay attention to emotion as much as you should. Mm -hmm. So what I happen is that men, and this is a more of a male trait. I see it with women too. Okay. So I don't want to, I don't, you guys don't get off the hook so easy. I'm just saying. To you. So we've been covering uh,
0: that all year long. We're on men so, right now.
1: <laughs> so, okay. All right. Then we'll focus on guys, but I have women that come to my office. They're they are like, you're emotionally dismissive. And the guy's really sensitive. And anyways, so we won't go there. So let's just focus on men. So someone who's emotionally, emotionally dismissive means that they have difficulty noticing low intensity emotion in themselves and in other people. So, let's say the woman's upset about something she's bidding for emotional connection she wants to be recognized he never notices something is going on let's say she escalates a little bit he's like oh he just goes about his business that's me imitating a guy how we kind of you know you know, act kind of stupid sometimes. And then when she escalates and she's fussing and cussing, you know, or she's nagging, so to speak, then all of a sudden we say, Oh, something's going on, man. She's, I don't understand why she's so upset. Well, Mm -hmm. you never noticed it when it was down, like when when it was, when it was a very low intensity. And so people who are emotionally dismissive, I'm going to say people, I'll leave it on men, but men (laughs) tend to be emotionally dismissive. Again, we have difficulty noticing low intensity emotion. We want to problem solve because and I can go into the anthropological research and you know, like in how men are born and socialized and stuff like that, but we like to problem solve because guys, we like to keep the game going by all mm-hmm. means. And I'll mm-hmm. get I'll get back to that later. But we want uh, reason and rationale. You know what? You're being so emotional. You know what's mm-hmm. wrong with you? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Very like if cal- yeah, if you calm down, <laughs> then we can talk about this. You know, I'm not talking to you, you acting like a little kid right now. Well, here's the thing, it's like you're being emotionally dismissive in some way. So she's allowed to feel that emotion, you know. Now. All emotions and, you know, feelings are acceptable, all behaviors are not. So I will say that. So yeah. just because you feel a certain way, just because you're angry doesn't mean that you get to go punch a hole in the wall. So but getting back to emotional dismissiveness, you know, low, you have difficulty noticing low intensity emotion. You want reason and rationale to um, to control emotion. You want people to change their emotions um, like a hat, just, you know, take it on, put it off or, or, or take it off and put it on. Rather, you uh, want people cheerful around you all the time. Let's get back to being happy. You know, I don't like all the sad stuff. Yeah, yeah. Negative emotions. Let's get back to being happy because, again, let's keep the game going by all mm-hmm. means. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if I'm a parent, and I'm emotionally dismissive. Um, then, let's say my son hurts himself, I'm going to try to do something really quickly to cheer him up, as opposed to kind of drop anchor and let's let's process what just happened. You know, hey, what happened at school today? Tell me about it. Let's share your feelings. Let's be let's be a little bit more collaborative. Let's talk about some things as opposed to just hey, let's let's get over this really quickly. You know, I don't want to I don't want you to feel sad. I don't want you to experience is this type you know anything I perceive as negative or strong emotion kind of deal. So um so yeah, so depression, anger, and then emotional dismissiveness are typically some of the biggest reasons that guys come into my office. That's a long answer to your question. Sorry about that. No, but it's great,
0: it's good because you covered so many things, and there were a couple of things that you hit on that I was gonna ask you. So you were a little bit ahead of me on that, which is great. Right. <laughs> okay. um, so so here's a question for you because um, you know, by the time a guy gets to you, something has happened that says, okay. It's time. So um, whether it's a woman that's influenced that, or whether they just wanted to self actualize and come and work on them, <laughs> that's very point five. I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna be, ni- I'm gonna be nice to my brothers <laughs> out Please, there, thank to the you. Men Thank out you. There.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate you.
0: <laughs> I, I gotta joke a little bit. It's you know, all right. It's all right. <laughs> men hey. stuff, you know. <laughs> so so talk about. Um, you know, what do you see as like, oh, these are the signs that it's time to not just talk to your mentor or it's time to say beyond my mm-hmm. support system, I got to get to therapy. What mm-hmm. out of that, those um, areas that you share, depression, anger, mm-hmm. emotion dismissive, what would be a cue to say, oh. No, it's time for therapy. Well, I I mean, this on my own.
1: Well, you know, personally, as a therapist, I tend to think that all people need therapy. I mean, um, I agree. (laughs) So, um, but here's the thing is that guys what happens is, is that, you know, the, uh, again, going back to how we're socialized into, and I mean, in fact, let me just kind of talk about some, like whenever you let's, let's go back to kids. So mm-hmm. if, uh, if Johnny's playing, and let's say they're playing tag because guys when like, if they're, you know, six, seven, eight years old, they usually play over a big geographical area. You know, one kid gets the ball and then, you know, they go off and running, you know, somebody is, you know, they call it like mob, you know, Hey, everybody gets this kid and, you know, you know, tag, you're it. So, so on and so forth. Now let's say, um, um Timmy you know starts crying most of the kids are just going to ignore Timmy you know because he is now interrupting the game so to speak mm-hmm. now let's say let's say the leader let's say Johnny says hey Timmy what's going on i never get the ball here Timmy here's the ball okay everybody Timmy has the ball he's it now bam they're off and running again you know what i'm saying so yeah. again so emotions literally get in the way of the game Mm -hmm. Okay. So Mm -hmm. now let's, let's take, I don't know, Sally and Susie or whatever the case is. So Sally and Susie, let's say they're playing, I don't know, house or doll or something like that. Susie starts crying. Hey, what's wrong? Well, Sally, you didn't wear the kind of beret I wanted you to wear in your head. Well, okay. Then they stop and process, you know, like what's going on, you know, like, Hey, you know what? Let's have this kind of sleepover. You know, we're going to marry brothers so we can go be, be sisters together. Like the game is not the object anymore. It is now about connection and that emotional closeness that they have. So for guys, a lot of times we take that same type of energy into a relationship when we get older and say, you know what? It's all about having fun. Let's, let's go have fun. Let's go have sex. Let's go do some. Let's keep the game going. Let's keep the relationship going. I don't want to take the time to sit here and then process feelings. But to get back to your question. Because I'm long-winded, Tina. I, I do apologize. Um, so You're, to get back.
0: <laughs> you know, I know how to jump in. It. Referee,
1: it. So, but to, but to get back to your question, guys, um, we, like I said before, we deal with issues in isolation. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you can even just look at the research and the literature. So like um, right now, I believe if I'm quoting this correctly, you know, our suicide rate is like four times higher than women, you know, in the other, other parts of the population. Um, mm-hmm. However, you see us coming into counseling less now m- women when we just let's we're just talking about suicide women tend to have more attempts um because they tend to be less successful but men tend to have fewer attempts because we tend to use more lethal means mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so you see us suffering in silence quite a bit because we have depression that we're not getting treated for we have um issues like anger that we're not getting treated for we have grief and things that we're dealing with uh, on a daily basis but you know we're not dealing with all these things and so um so, you could again, you could postulate that you know men suffer in silence uh, because it's simply because of the suicide s- statistics. In fact, I believe, and this is about this, is, I'm quoting someone from like 2010 that I believe 83 men. Per day commit suicide, mm-hmm. something like that in the US. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so, and then if you just focus in on black men, I mean, that's another whole population yep. uh, with a whole other set of issues. Of course, some similar, but um, there are some issues that you know, we as black men deal with um, that other populations don't, especially in America.
0: All right, y'all, so much that we covered, and yet so much to really process and think about. So, we like to give you just bits and pieces on Freed Up for every episode so that you can take the time to go back and really process through what you've heard. If you're a man that's listening, maybe you connected in to one of those three areas that Vaughn talked about, and maybe you want to know more. If you're interested in how to get in touch with him, please check the description box in the episode. You'll have his contact information there, or you can reach out to connect at freefieldfavorite.com and we can give you the information on how to get in touch with Vaughn or another male therapist if you choose. And remember, you don't walk this path alone. We are walking right alongside each other, getting freed up together. God loves you, I love you, and make sure you take care of you.